Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. All right, we are on the Holy Spirit, the relevance of the Holy Spirit. He's the gift giver. We're going to talk about some gifts today. How about that? I've been sort of tantalizing you with it a little bit, right? Let's turn to let's turn to Isaiah 40. Let's start there. Wanna? Reckon? Isaiah 40.10 says, Look, here comes Lord Yahweh as a victorious warrior. That's just a good way to see Jesus. He's already won the victory. That's why he said it's finished, because Jesus isn't going to do anything else on earth to secure your salvation and healing. Okay? And remember what I said a few weeks ago? He went down to the dark place, and he got the keys that we lost in the garden. Come on, y'all smile at me a little bit. Think about your resting face today while I'm preaching. And if you were up here talking, you'd want to see this. I know some of you will be crying here in a minute, but it's okay. Around here we laugh and cry at the same time. He triumphs with his really weak power. A translation of that is mighty arm. <clears throat> he just needs one arm. Yeah? Watch as he brings with him his reward and the spoils of victory to give his people. We've got to remember that the kingdom model is a reward-based system. The kingdom of God is not about punishment. All the punishment you deserve because you don't live up to God's standard, whether you even believe there is a standard of God, there it is. You know, there's laws of God going on, like gravity. You didn't make gravity. And you can say, I don't believe in gravity. (laughs) Have you ever tried that as a kid? Did you ever think you could float or something? Anybody ever? Bailey, all the sanguine said, oh, yeah, I thought I could. (laughs) And you found out what? The law of God was in effect. You go boom and ouch follows that, right? All the laws of God are the same. There's 10 of them. I could list them today, but another one is simply is reaping and sowing. So you may think, oh, no one can see me. My favorite one is speeding. No one can see me. I hope there's no popo. I'll get me an alert system to tell me a popo, right? Anybody, I, I, I got three tickets in a row when I was 17, and I've never had another ticket or another or a wreck ever. Why? Because I learned from my mistakes. Because what happened with those three tickets? Something cost more. What was it? Everything, insurance, repairs, all of it, right? So see, whenever we realize that the laws of God are in effect then we realize that the reward system is what I have to learn on earth. That's why there's a billion parenting models, but we don't have this one down very good, the kingdom one. 
we skirted all around it and made a whole bunch of other ones. And how many were products of a whole bunch of other ones? And, and what did you, what happened as an adult? You were like, oh my gosh, I thought that, you know, I could just get by with stuff, right? And then it started costing money. And then you're realizing what? Oh, there's got to be another way. And so God's a rewarder. Say God's a rewarder. God's a rewarder. You've got to remember that he's not mad at you today. He's done with mad, right? And so Jesus became the go-between, not because God's just a mad God, but because God can't change his standard of who he is. You don't want him to. See, if we can just believe that, that helps us a lot. Then we say, well, what are your standards? And he says, here's a standard that I will reward, right? It's that simple. And so we do the standard and we get what? A reward. So that's why he says give, because giving activates return. If you're waiting till you have something to give, and it's not even about money, it can be about time or energy or thoughts or whatever. If we wait, well, I want to get something and then I'll think about giving it. That's not how it works in the kingdom. See, we have all these things upside down in the kingdom and then we're like, well, but I love God. Well, yeah, you do. I'm going to heaven. Yeah, you're going to heaven. But on earth, it's a reward system. And heaven is something different. Okay, and so this is a test product to see how well you will adjust to the standards of God. You don't get to make up your own. If you make up your own, you're not living for God. You're living for the made-up God that you made up your own standard, and then you check yourself. Let's check yourself according to Jesus, not, not according to Aaron. He's pretty perfect. But let's just check ourselves. Can we? Uh, anyone would agree? Let's just check our heart, check our actions according to what Jesus did. He was the demonstration of what a human being should be doing. When, when Jesus said the even more stuff, see, my mind is even more stuff like more miracles, more amazing things but you know depending on where you come from you may not even know what's possible for the more and then it says in revelations he's gonna come back on his white horse and a bunch of rewards are in his hand to reward those according to what who did it his way right that's why he gave us a manual to know what his way is if i don't read the manual and i make up some way Right? And see, the, and, and the other thing Jesus equipped us with is that when we accept Him, we have this opportunity to explore with the Holy Spirit the amazing things that were planted in me. Now see, interesting enough, like, let's just use the prophetic gift. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that one today, but... Um, my belief is that everybody has the ability to have the prophetic words operational in your life. It always has to line up with the word. So if you don't know the word, don't, don't be a prophet because you're going to have to know the word. You have to make sure what you're saying lines up with the word, right? Not just a good feeling you're having. Oh, I feel good today. And I'm going to say that. No, it lines up with something. And so I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, and so the operations of the gifts 
have to be under the leadership of the Holy Spirit or since we already have these gifts, we can use them for something that's not godly. So like the prophetic gives you, the, what's the worldly version of that? A psychic. They're real popular right now. I don't know if you know that. Everything that the world displays as really powerful is a counterfeit to God. And usually when the enemy highlights it, it means that a greater portion of it for the kingdom is already going on. It's just the news media doesn't report that, right? Do you do all hear with me? Back to 11, it says, He will care for you as a shepherd, tends his flock, gathering the weak lambs. That sounds loving. Is there any weak place? Do you ever feel weak? Does anybody feel any weak places? Well, he's just gathering you. Just come here, little weakly. Come here. He's not nervous. Right? Why does he say, in your weakness, he is strong? I've learned to really love my weakness. You know, I would love to get up here and preach and have a billion notes. That would be my favorite thing and sometimes I do this thing where I study all week and I make a bunch of notes and then in worship he says no usually every time (laughs) and so that feels weaker to me because I built my strength on my notes on my study time my getting in there on my prep and then he'll insert, yeah, but he's doing it right now. Exactly right now, what I'm talking about is an insert of the Holy Spirit because it wasn't that way in my head. So my weakness becomes an offering to his strength. So like I'm, I'm laying down something on purpose. Do you know your weaknesses? Does anybody know, anybody know their weaknesses? Some are like, I don't think I have any. (laughs) Golden, you're golden then. So our weaknesses are not anything but a sign that that's where he'll be strong for us, through us, about us, right? Why cover them up? You know, when I was a wee tot, I couldn't say three letters of the alphabet. I couldn't say R. And I had five cousins whose names started with R. And my last name was Ryers. And I couldn't say W's. Strangely, I couldn't say L's. They switched places in my little tongue. And so I don't know if you have ever had this experience in public school, but there was a standard because all clearly all five-year-olds could speak perfectly, (laughs) right? Since that's the standard, then they made fun that I didn't meet the standard, right? So then what did I, what happened to me? I went to speech class where we had chocolate milk and donuts. It's like a reward for not being able to say these three letters. In that moment, mistakes changed for me. I just came, became rewarded. Yes, that's so yeah. good. Yeah. 
for what someone else is making. Does anybody? For what somebody else was making fun of me about. See, did you make that transition at five to see those things? Think about that five-year-old making. Everybody had it. Somebody made fun of you, skin color, skin, hair. I mean, hair color, right? Race, gender, whatever. Size of your big toe. Oh no, you know, Shooty and Cece's got the strangest second toe. Like, like Shooty's is about this long. I mean, like, I think it's that much longer than her big toe. And then Cece's makes a V like a bird. It's just really they combine the second and third toe. I'm like, those are cool. I personally have a hammer toe, so I don't know. I know you're jealous of her second toes now, aren't you? Were you made fun of with anything? Anybody? Well, see, right now you could sozo yourself. You could say, what happened to me then? What little perfect five-year-old child made fun of how you spoke? And why did they become the standard? See, we get stuck in those places. Come on. Are, are you triggered already? Gosh, we've only been talking for six minutes. So as a shepherd, he gathers the weak lambs. That's the weak parts of you. Taking them in his arms. Sorry. He carries them close to his heart and gently leads those that have young. Now, in the Passion Translation, is an interesting thing that he says here. He says that they are a parallel verse to Ephesians 4. So I wanted to read that, so let's turn over to Ephesians 4, shall we? Now, in Ephesians... These are the ministerial gifts in Ephesians. But let's just read what he was talking about here. 4.11. Well, let's just, you know, I read to you a couple of weeks ago. Let's start at 7. And he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace. If I hadn't gone to that speech class, I wouldn't be able to say generously. <laughs> so aren't you appreciative of that? According to the size of the gift of Christ... This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. If you'd like the Lord of the Rings, I'm a Lord of the Rings person, so I love it. So they're demonstrating that really coolly for us. And I don't know, I feel like I need to go home and watch it right now. He, yeah, see, I told you we were, we were the same person. Male, female, he created them. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven even to the lower regions, namely the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. That tells us really what Jesus did. Do you understand it? It's really clear to me right there in the scripture you're in a restoration season. Yes. It started when Jesus, that means there's a bunch of stuff happened earlier, right? I read earlier this week that the dinosaurs got really hungry. And so they just kept digging, digging, digging down the earth to find food. And they dug holes so deep, they just fell in them. <laughs> See, I knew that was going to fall short because y'all would think I was serious or something. <laughs> 
Lynn, help me. There's no, they're all black and white people. They don't. So he began the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Right? That's what it says. And so then he tells us how he plans to do it. He appointed, not man, right? He appointed. See, here's the cool part. If I talk about these gifts, something in you is going to begin to go, I think that's me. And some some of you are going to be like, I don't know, that's not me. Because why? He gave gifts to men. And he appointed different things to do the one thing. Restoration. Right? That's what the gifts are for. That's why you can use the gifts for something else. But what have we been talking about this whole time? You can't be anointed and you want to be. Even if it's a foreign concept to you, you want to be. You want to be anointed to operate with the gifts. Right? So this is what he said. He appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some with grace to be evangelists and some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. Now, if we go back to that Isaiah 40 scripture, this is what he says. He says that those verses are parallel to that verse I just read. He says the apostles carry awesome power. Now, this is not worldly power. What does worldly power do? Find somebody to be Lord over and get them down to their place. Right? Right? Did anybody's father do that? Yeah. That's not godly power. That's not apostolic power. What kind of power is that? Why do people control? It's just the F word. <laughs> Very good. Give yourself a round of applause. It's That's right. The only field knew what I was talking about. He's a punny guy. That's how we know. So fear is the reason behind control. And so if humanity tries to control other humans... It won't last. Right? Everyone wants to be shepherded, not controlled. Parents. And if you're not good at shepherding, you'll control. Was anyone parented that way? Come on, be honest. And so then at some, at some point, as adults, I don't know what time your adult, adulting starts. Has everyone started adulting that are are adults in here? (laughs) You never know. Can you shower? That's the first step. But anyway, we have to begin to ask ourselves, do we want to operate with the spirit of control, which is fear, right? So have you ever dated anyone and you became jealous? That's fear. See, it's real easy to see it if you use some other. What's it a fear of? Someone's going to love them more than me, right? So what do we do when we're jealous, though? Are we loving? Might smother, 
Good. What's another one? Yeah, you become irrational because you're like, oh, you're suspicious, right? Yeah, you get angry. See, if you begin to identify the emotions you have and you begin to identify what the target is, you can save yourself a whole lot of headache. Because, see, your gift is trying to find a target because what was the meaning of the gifts? What's the purpose of the gifts to what? For restoration. Are you with me? So my gift is looking for something to... And what did God give us the ability to restore? Broken people. Did a bro did did was anybody broken when I met you? <laughs> and has anyone felt any sense of a little bit of restoration of your brokenness? Well, something's happening. Right? It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by spirit. And what does this spirit partner with? Where he stored the gifts. What did we say? Where he stored the gifts. He gave gifts to humans, men, whatever. Men in the Bible is humans, right? So since he gave them to us, his intention is to pneuma on them. Bro was singing pneuma the other day, and we were like, pneuma, pneuma, yes, yes, we know that word. It's like Nike, no, normal, no, pneuma, pneuma. And so when you see someone that needs restoring, what happens to you? Are you like, kick them to the curb? What happens? What happens inside here? It's called compassion. What's, where did that come from? I mean, you can be raised in the worst, right? Possible place. I mean, right now we're trying to save a turtle this big. I don't know. We found one in our backyard. I know. We went to Petco to get our little aquarium for it, and the lady said to poor Tracy, now you know that all all animals outside, they have parasites. You do not want to take that. Let it go. Let it go. And we were like, yeah, but those ducks are going to eat it, like tomorrow. You know, she's just giving us a little lesson, you know, so we couldn't keep the turtle. But, you know, we we bypassed that. So we have the we we have the turtle. We've you know I go out there and there's strawberries and I don't know what my people are doing, but they're just trying to feed it, right? So what happened right there? Compassion. We saw the dogs and the ducks, and they were all bigger than the turtle, right? And so we we thought to ourselves, can we train the dogs? No, we have Oreo. No, nope, it's not possible. <laughs> Pam has a Boston Terrier, very cute, but she's a little bit like a Boston, right? And she just snapped that thing up, and we've got new ducks. We've got 10 new ducks, little furry girls running around trying to keep them. The dads are pooping in the pool. None of that's good, but that's okay. We're, sa- we're saving the turtle, right? What happened? Something rose up. We didn't have to do a memo thing. Hey, you need to be thinking about that poor turtle. No, it just happened. 
Why? It's in you. Even more for humanity. Anybody been those dog rescuers? They just need to go out every time you see a dog. You know, Pam and I used to know this lady and we lived with her. And if there was ever a stray dog, we were stopping traffic, getting out. I mean, I don't know why we didn't have a whole setup to get and rescue this dog. Now, how many of them came to her? Like zero. <laughs> but we still, right? Because what? She was an introvert, highly compassionate, empathetic person. That was a place she could use that gift to what? Restore. Where's this dog belong? How much more for hearts? See, this is why we find ourselves rescuing. Why we don't when we don't have boundaries, that that thing is rising. Oh, I think I can save them with this action. Mm. Right? So that's why the Holy Spirit also is the spirit of wisdom. Remember I read all those in Isaiah 11? Right? That came first, Isaiah 11, to tell us what the Holy Spirit is. I heard if you do this, you can get a squirrel to come to you too. Anyway, this (laughs) Isaiah 11, sorry, got a lot of rabbit trails today. Stay with me. See if you can stay with me. Come on. Isaiah 11 is all the things that come with the Holy Spirit. Refresh those. It's really good because that's what he's given you. And he, you got to have those. There are things like wisdom and insight and perception and understanding and discernment. You need those before you come over here with these power gifts. Right? Now, just a little trivia for you. These five gifts the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, those have been reinstated at appropriate times by the Holy Spirit in more and greater measure. At this time, on the planet, all those gifts have been restored. The apostolic gift has been restored in my lifetime. That was the last one. Now, a lot, you know, I do a lot with prophetic stuff, but... One of the good things to remember is that the fivefold ministry is like a hand. And they say that the apostle is the thumb, the prophet is the first finger because all of those gifts have to reside underneath the covering of an apostolic covering. Why? Because that's where the power comes from. It's not saying that someone that has the apostolic gift is just walking around power hungry. It's the way that the Holy Spirit, the way the Father, the way Jesus ordained or prescribed them to flow. So that's why it was restored last. Now, if I had been God, I would have, I would have restored it first. But So that was His order. And so that means, and I know now why. Because your gifting has to be chosen by you to come in underneath the covering. If the apostle had been first, there would have been no other choice. This is a little trivia for you. Okay. Come on! So, So the apostles have this awesome power. The prophets have a reward. That's why it says, um, if you basically honor a prophet, 
you get the prophet's reward. How do you honor a prophet? How do you honor a prophet? What is a prophet doing? They're speaking things before they happen. Or, or giving illumination to something you don't understand about yourself. And so then, if you say this, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, there you don't get the prophet's reward. <laughs> because, right? Now, everybody's been hurt by somebody. But see, what happened with the gifts of the Spirit is... Before the apostolic was restored, they were just running amok. It's being silly. Most most churches were pastor-led churches, and so when I when God told me back in the early or late '80s that I said it on Wednesday that the light in the denominations was going out, though that was pastor-led churches. And now every prophetic ministry, which to me is the only ones that matter. I mean, it's just the reality that I want to know what God's saying in advance. They all are apostolic led. Yeah. Right? Yes. And so that's, you know, our circle of goodness. That's what, that's the people we run with. Because I went to a pastor led church. I can find one. I can go do one. And there's, they're, they're fine, but they're not on the cutting edge of the prophetic voice that Joel 2 talks about. And so, see, as he restored all of these, then we begin to understand more about what each gifting can do when it's in its proper role. Are you with me? Was that helpful at all? The, the evangelist gets the spoils of victory. Right? The pastor is the shepherd. They were always supposed to tend or be or give pastoral care, be the empathetic arm of the church to reach out and understand and make connections for people that need help. They were never supposed to lead the church. The ecclesia anyway. So if you got hurt by a pastor well, it's probably because he was just trying to make a living instead of being a leader. Okay. I don't know. That probably didn't work for you either. Um, and the teacher are those who gently lead people to truth. So that means that they have the ability to um, expand uh, things of the Bible to help you see a pattern in why that's truth. Now, can any of you see any of yourselves in any of that? You know, there's a difference between what I need to receive to grow and what I'm going to use as a gift to restore. Are you with me? So we all need different things. You know, every style of what someone is doesn't appeal to everyone. I mean, like if I've listened to people all my life, there's just some people I like to hear and some people I don't, right? And so whenever we realize that our gifts are meant to do the thing Jesus said, then what I need personally to grow, I have to, I have to figure out 
well, that person, you know, like if someone has a prophetic voice, so like Lynn, she has a prophetic call. She holds an office that God established through his word, through confirmation, through lots of ways. We don't have time to go through with it that that's what God's called her to do. And so she operates. And so other people in here that operate like her, they like to come and get stuff from her. But she's also a really cool mom. And she's also a really cool administrator. So people receive things from her. How many of you have been mommed by Lynn? Wow, Lynn, look at you. What a legacy. And so that's different than the prophetic part. Yeah. I think somebody got something there. I'm not sure what it was, but great. And so it's the same way. Like I have an apostolic calling, so I'm vision driven and I can't turn that off. Right, Mendel? And so if somebody's not very vision driven, then the vision is scary maybe for them, because it feels like it ever changes. You know, that's because, you know, think about, I like to think about the apostolic call as like a blueprint, like a see a blueprint. So if you come and you're meant to do the guest bath and you show up and you're like, hey, I got that guest bath covered, then I get to move on to another part of the blueprint. Right? Otherwise, I'm not going to let the guest bath not go done, right? So I'll get in there and work on it myself. Are you? But see, the whole blueprint's laid out. And so I'm just looking for somebody. Can you do the guest bath? I mean, I know you're a prophet, but can you do the guest bath? Can you clean it? That's why everybody who thinks they have a prophetic call needs to clean. It's just good for them to be. This is like, it's just good. Because none of these gifts are higher than any other gift. They're all meant to work together for what? The restoration. Right? It restores. And wh- why did he say fulfill? Because it actually brings into, um, the, 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 into reality the dream. What's God's dream? Oh, uh, here, let me read it to you. Let's see, where is that? I believe... It's in Jeremiah 31 is a good place. This is a brand new covenant that I will make with you when the time comes. Did the time come? Jesus was the time, if you didn't know. He says, I will put my law within them. Write it on their hearts. How many times did God say that in the Bible? Go search it out. And I will be their God. And they will be my people. And they will no longer go around setting up schools to teach each other about God. They'll know me firsthand. The dull and the bright, the smart and the slow. (laughs) Covers us all. Dull, bright, smart, slow. That's who gets trained at the God school. You got no excuse. You slow? Well, he's still training you. You're just slower at it. How many times have you tried to learn the same lesson? Are you able to get up and take a shower? Well, just keep learning that one lesson. He will build on that, but you will have to be consistent with that one thing. 
Let me help you. As you get older, you won't have to wash your hair quite as much, okay? I don't know if that gives you any hope or anything. You won't have to do that every single day. There's something happens up there, and you just you get to have a little more time, right? So that probably helps some of y'all, I know, who don't like to do your hair, all the phlegmatics. He says, I'll wipe the slate clean for each of them, and I'll forget that he ever sinned God's decree. Now, why did I read that? Yeah, so there's this dream right there. So the fulfillment of that dream, to restore everybody, that's, that's what the gifts are for. So let's thank the Holy Spirit. Thank you for these gifts because that's their purpose. So that should be enough, right? And so I like this. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to dive into these a little bit deeper, okay? But I'm just giving you an overview. 1 Corinthians 12 are the manifestation gifts there. Where is that particular scripture, though? Here it is. Did I say 1 Corinthians 12? Yeah. Now, I love 1 Corinthians 12. Will you read the whole thing? Now, verse 1, now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments. Ooh. Turn to your name and say, hey, you got a special endowment. Uh-huh. Given by who? Given by the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to be uninformed. See, that's part of, that's, that is my heart's cry, is that we are not dumb about God. You don't want to be God dumb, do you? You don't want to think that something is God's fault when it was your responsibility all along. Right? That's, that's how I feel. I just think we're uninformed. Yes. Paul did too. He was choleric like me. I love it. You know that when you're pagans, come on, Paul, just tell it like it is. You were led off after speechless idols. So that tells us that God's not speechless. Every other God is. Let's take a drink on that. However you were led off, whether by impulse or habit. Check it. Did you check it right there? How were you led off? Impulse or habit? Impulse of what? Your flesh. In, in impulses of that old man. See, Jesus came to put that old man to death. Because he had no ability to live by the Spirit. He only had the ability to live by the law, and the law kills. Yes. That's it. Yes. Listen, even though Jesus was a fulfillment of the law, his standard was greater than the law yes. because it came with the power. Yes. The only power that could do the law was human nature, and it ain't very powerful. Have you, have you ever really, 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 really wanted to do something? Like change your habit, change something you did? And how many days can you go on it? Come on, let's be honest. Come on. Three. Hey, what else you got? An hour. Perfect. So see, right there, that's human nature. It's pretty powerful. It's an hour powerful. It's three-day powerful. But it is the hour of power. But it is not Holy Spirit power. You know, let me give you an example. We have been trying different things with our sound and doing all kinds of stuff. Well, 
Last night I had a dream that, I don't know if it was perfect yet, but I tried it on Cece's ears today. Because why? In the dream, it showed me what the problem was. Because see, that the Holy Spirit would rather uh, show us things that way. And we can trust that He will. So, you know, it's been going on for a long time, over a year probably. But see, I like that partnership. I was like, well, I think I've tried that before. But you know what my mentality was? We'll just cast your net on the other side. Right? Because it's Holy Spirit powered then. So it says, um, verse 3, I want you to know that no one speaking by the power and influence of the Spirit of God can say, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is my Lord, except by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, special abilities. So up at the front, he said endowments. Now it's abilities. So it's both, right? Given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. So first off, that tells us how it operates. How does it operate? Anybody wants it? No. Believers. Has to be a believer. What's a believer? It's someone who made God Lord, right? We don't have to worry about whether or not someone is using the gift properly because this says that he only operates it in believers. It says, but it's the same spirit who grants them and empowers believers. There are distinctive varieties of ministries and service, but it's the same Lord who is served. And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things, but it's the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring and energizing and empowering them. Now let's read that. That was in the Amplified. Let's read it in the Passion just for fun. So it says... Verse 4, it is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. In the Passion uh, commentary, he says that this is what they are. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and interpreting the tongues. Those are all the gifts in 1 Corinthians. So now, today, I've told us two different versions, two different gift sets that are distinct, right? That's why it's really important to realize how diverse the Holy Spirit is. So if the Holy Spirit placed these different gifts in us, and the goal of them is to restore and bring to fulfillment Jesus' design, which was what? Everybody have their heart written on by God. He be their God, right? We're his people. That's his goal. So when we put that all together, then it's, to me, it's really easy to see how these gifts operate. They're all for that reason. So when I meet up with someone that the Holy Spirit orchestrated, how do I know that the Holy Spirit orchestrated? If I'm yielding, right? Have you ever lived your life with the Holy Spirit in the sidecar like you just don't even know? See, I like to stick him in the driver's seat. Right? I get the Holy Spirit when I'm saved no matter what. 
It's the operation and the expanse of the Spirit within me that's important, that He keeps expanding. And so all of these gifts, we're going to be talking more about them, but all these gifts are housed within us. And so when the Holy Spirit orchestrates me to intersect with someone, then something in me activates when my heart has compassion for what His heart has compassion for. And see, the Holy Spirit would never lead me to rescue. He would never put in danger love. That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about, well, you can do all these fancy things with all these fancy gifts that the Holy Spirit has, but if you don't love, you sound like a big old clanging dong, bong, bong, bong. You don't sound like anything because they all have to be operated through love. And see, if we don't know what love is, Love would rescue. We, that would be our definition. Love would rescue. Love would put in danger love, put in danger something smaller, put in danger something that I'm not looking at in order to rescue the one, and, and that's not how the gifts work. Does that make sense? All right. I'll be done for today. Let's pray. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for these amazing, amazing gifts. We just thank you that we get to learn about them, that we get to read about them, that we get to experience them, and we get to practice with them. What an amazing, amazing ability that you've given us. And so I just breathe on the gifts within us. I pray that even as we are looking at them further and studying them out further, that you would begin to uh, illuminate to us those ones that you're personally working on right now to train and refine. We just give you the permission today to refine our gifts from using them for our own um, fears and gains to actually using them for the restoration and fulfillment as Jesus described. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.